Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of The Volume Knob, the songs that saved your life. This week, Matt and Kiss Off. Heyo, and welcome to Canada's best and very likely Canada's only mashup of personal storytelling and the power of song. This is, of course, the volume knob, which I like to call TVK, where every week I introduce you to a talented storyteller and ask them to share a story about the power of music. This week is no different. So my name is Matt Stores, and I am a comedian, storyteller, writer, and surprisingly uh, to a lot of people, I used to play football. I was a bit of a jock. The song that saved my life is Kiss Off by The Violent Femmes. Matt's story combines some things we've talked about quite a bit here on the show. Universal ideas, you know, about fitting in and about being young and about thinking about the future. With a couple of ideas that we haven't quite touched, but were very important to me personally in the late 1980s and early 1990s. That is to say, football and Milwaukee's finest, the Violent Femmes. I love the way Matt brings all of these things together in his story. I love the tone and the sympathy and pathos in it. And I'm just going to leave the rest to him. Here's Matt. A lot of people don't believe me when I tell them, but uh, I played football in high school and I was actually pretty good. I got recruited by a number of colleges my junior year of high school, um, including a very small school not many people have heard of called Yale. And unfortunately, I didn't find out that I had been recruited by Yale until my freshman year of college, actually the summer of my freshman year uh, of college, because my parents lost my recruitment letter. But in high school, I was excited about the prospect about getting recruited and playing football. And it was kind of like, it was one of the defining things of who I was. The last game of the season, my junior year, we were playing the best team in the state. They were called Chaparral because uh, it was Arizona. And I knew that this team was undefeated and there were going to be scouts at this game. I knew multiple people on the team, uh, like their seniors were going to college and playing football and like the Pac-10 and all of that. I'm like, there's going to be scouts here. I can, if I get one good play, I can make a difference. I was playing defensive line. And I got through the line 
and the quarterback was going back to pass. He was rolling out uh, towards uh, his sideline, and I was in within feet of him. Like, literally, if I dove out, I may have been able to grab him and, like, pull him down. Uh, but unfortunately, I didn't do that, and the opposing team's running back uh, blindsided me, knocked me into the air, and I hit the ground and head first, and uh, I immediately popped up, and I thought I had been hit by a truck, and I grabbed my, you know, sternum, you know, my ribs, thinking, like, maybe something's broken, and I looked to the opposing team's sideline, and a bunch of the, you know, student athletes were laughing, uh, but then I saw, like, the trainers and the coaches and they looked concerned. And so I was like, okay, I probably need help. Uh, <laughs> there's something going on here. And I didn't feel very welcome in that sideline, even though I was so close to it. So I jogged back to my sideline. Uh, and by the time I got there, the trainer literally grabbed my shoulder pads and pulled me over to the bench and started doing a series of questions. So she sat me down to ask me some questions to test if I had a concussion. And now we have a concussion protocol in professional sports. So like in NFL and college football, they'll go through the concussion protocol. And there's certain steps you have steps you have to clear before you can go back into the game. But back when I was playing, if you could answer some questions correctly, you were fine to play. Who is the president of the United States? Yeah, exactly. So we go through the standard ones of, you know, what's your name? Where are we? What's the date? Etc. And we get to the question, who is the president of the United States? And my response was, well, I know it's George Bush but I don't know if it's George H.W. Bush or W. Bush. I'm not really sure I know the difference between the two of them. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you have a concussion. You are not going back into this game. Uh, she had me pull my parents from the stands and like, explained to them that I had a concussion, that after the game I needed to go to the hospital and get evaluated. My parents were like, yeah, sure, sure, yeah, we'll do that. Uh, I never went to the hospital. I never got evaluated for a concussion because I have two older brothers, both of whom also played football. One of them was also a boxer. So my parents were well-versed in what you do with somebody with a concussion, which is just make sure they don't die. Um, the, you know, like there's not a lot they can do to alleviate the pressure in the brain unless like something really is going bad and then you'll know. We would watch film every day after football and we had film the next day because even though we lost that game by like 60 points... We got into the playoffs, and our first-round opponent was Chaparral. So the next week, we got to play Chaparral again. And so everybody was like, well, we just lost by 60 points. 
and we did like all the stuff we had what are we gonna do and so it was like all of us feeling very dejected and like worried and everything like that but we would do like aerobics beforehand and the trainer came up to me and she's like all right have you what did the doctor say and i'm like well i don't really know and she's like oh you don't remember and i'm like well not exactly and she's like oh you have memory loss and i'm like sure fine that's that'll work for me and so she that continued the idea that i had a concussion and so all my coaches knew and so i got to sit out of aerobics and we go to film and on the film you don't get to see me get hit but you can hear it in the crowd like there's an audible gasp in the stadium it's that like everybody was like oh my god that kid's dead and (laughs) i shouldn't be laughing i'm sorry oh no 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 it's totally fine i'm totally used to it i like i like at the time even the my teammates they laughed and i was like okay well now i feel like i'm on the field again you know like you're no different than the other team you know Uh, So I didn't really feel too connected with my teammates. My coaches, you know, chastised them for, you know, laughing and everything like that. But we had a focus as a team. And for that next week, that was what we were going to try and do. We we may not be able to beat them, but we were going to have a good showing. So on Monday at school, word had gotten around that I got a concussion. So I got all the lesson plans for all of my classes. And then since I couldn't engage in really heavy physical activity or anything like that, I couldn't go to weight training. So I got on as a TA for one of the English teachers for that week and basically took attendance, took it to the office and then hung out with other TAs during one of my class periods every day. It was great. At the end of the day Monday, I misunderstood the idea that I couldn't engage in physical activity. So I was like, oh, well, I don't have to go to football practice then. I'm going to go with my friend to the rehearsals for the school play and just watch that because I can't practice football. And so I go and I watch like 15 minutes of it. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. People are figuring things out and they're learning new things and supporting one another and then i get a text message from one of my friends and he's like matt why aren't you at practice you need to get here right away and i'm like okay so like i jog over and i you know get kind of yelled at by my coach but he's also like apprehensive because he's like i don't want to yell at the kid that was the one that got injured during the game in front of everybody So I basically kind of go through that routine for the rest of the week. And on Wednesday, my coaches have gotten somewhat frustrated with the fact that, like, I keep avoiding talking about what my doctor said. And they're like, hey, suit up halfway for practice today. Music was always a part of Matt's pre-practice ritual. Other kids had iPods, but he relied on mixed CDs that his brothers had burned for him. And so one of them was Violent Femmes, and one of the songs I would listen to is Kiss Off, because, like, it does have that, like, kind of pump-up 
you know, it gets your blood going. You can all just kiss off into the air. Behind my back, I can see them stare. They'll hurt me bad, but I won't. It was at that point in the locker room pre-practice where Matt had a strange encounter with a teammate named Lawrence. He was a very nice guy, but he was... Uh, a drug dealer and or alleged drug dealer. I don't know if that's actually true. It was. He was like, oh, you listen to the Violent Femmes. And I'm like, yes, I do. They're my favorite German band. I hope you know that this will go down on your permanent record. Oh, yeah. Well, don't get so distressed. Did I happen to mention that? And I don't know why I said that. A lot of German people in Milwaukee, in your defense. Yeah, a lot of German people in Milwaukee. You know, uh, it's, you know, yeah, it's got a lot of, a lot of similarities uh, to traditional German folk songs. (laughs) It's kind of like alternative oompa. That's exactly right. I take one, one, one because you left me and two, two, two for my family. At the end of practice, my brother picks me up and we go to the gas station across the street from school. At the gas station, Matt and his brother ran into Lawrence again. And I go up to him and I'm like, hey, have you started studying for the SATs? As he then places a 30-pack of Bud Light onto the counter. And he says, no, I haven't yet. And then he hands his fake ID to the cashier. And the cashier makes eye contact with my brother. My brother makes eye contact with the cashier. And very quickly thereafter, my friend's ID gets taken away. He's angry. He storms off. And the next day at campus, I hear that he's looking for me, that he's angry at me because I got his ID taken away, which I didn't. Um, That was his fault. And he still had time to abandon that plan. But he blamed me. And so I avoided him all day. We didn't have any classes together or anything like that. But I got to football practice early because we were going to do full pads that Thursday in anticipation of the game. And I got dressed out, full uniform, and he confronted me. And he was just in his girdle and, like, cleats. And he punched me. And instead of, like, hitting him back or anything like that, Uh, I hugged him. Like, I dropped my helmet to the ground and I hugged him. And I remember saying, uh, hold me, hold me, hold me. Uh, I'm not going to fight you. Uh, Then I let go of him and he punched me two more times. (laughs) And then we went to practice. And nobody said anything to me at practice. He didn't get in trouble. I didn't get in trouble. Nobody mentioned it. And we played the game the next day and we lost by 70 points. So that was a victory. You know, I'd like to say at this point, you know, uh, after all of that, what I've discussed, that I didn't play football my senior year of high school, but I did. I, I was a captain of the team. I led the stretches, all of that. But I didn't play football in college. I decided not to play football in college. I decided not to really actively pursue getting recruited. Uh, So the summer after my freshman year of college, when I found that recruitment letter from Yale, 
Uh, I wasn't mad at my parents. I was thankful. Hey, my friends, thanks for listening. As you probably know by now, The Volume Knob is a weekly exploration of stories about the way music makes us feel. It is produced by Semlevin Audio, and it is hosted, edited, mixed, written, and sound designed by me. My name is Keith Siri. Many thanks to Matt Stores, who is, I think, the third Matt that we've had on this show. Uh, and my thanks to him for sharing his time and talent this week. I only mention that because I saved these files under Matt and had a difficult time finding them. At any rate, as always, I'd encourage you to get over to the website. That's www.volumenob.net, where you'll find show notes on the episode, including links to all sorts of stuff that this particular Matt does. And he has a lot of talent, so he does some very interesting things, including hosting the How Was It Storytelling Show every second Saturday at QED in Queens, which is a headquarters for the storytelling community in the New York City area. If you don't know of it, you should check it out. He's a talented performer and a genuinely nice guy, so you should keep an eye out for Matt Stores if you get the chance to see him in person. And before we go, here's my beloved son, Miles, with his review of Kiss Off. So, I got the impression you liked that one. Yeah, I mean... It sounds like, like, lighter, like, I imagine dampened My Chemical Romance music as a person who has never heard My Chemical Romance. <laughs> so it's acoustic mall punk, is what you're saying? <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's different in a way that's like, like, it's not loud, it's just weird and jivey. <laughs> but you like it. I like it. It's good. Yeah, I don't know what to say. (laughs) I'll see you next week with another story about the songs that saved your life.